thank you all so much for coming. Um, tonight we're going to be getting into, uh, I think what, when you hear Rav Tzadok's name mentioned, um, and what I've tried to do in the beginning of the year, I've been giving an outline of Rav Tzadok, is that you hear words, and I use this in the title for this year, radical, um, even words like antinomian are sometimes, uh, yes, I'm recording, uh, even, even words like antinomian are sometimes tossed out when we talk about Rav Tzadok, because indeed in Rav Tzadok's uh, written works, there is a depth of thought, and the depth of thought sometimes touches upon areas that are complicated and difficult. And part of what we talked about is that Rav Tzadok, if anything, Rav Tzadok took Ma'amare Chazal very seriously. He took the words of our rabbis very, very seriously, and he took them to their conclusions and what they might mean for us in, in our own Avodos Hashem. So the piska that we're going to be learning tonight, the section that we're going to be learning tonight from Sitka Satsadik, is indeed one of the more challenging aspects of Rav Tzadok's writings. For some challenging, and for others, and especially when I read it, immensely edifying, gratifying, and gives you a tremendous amount of hope. It's very different than, than, what, we, uh, than we, what, what we might be used to. And I want to be makdim, uh, before, because we also mentioned that in order to understand really anything that Rav Tzadok writes, you need to have a tremendous expertise, a tremendous bekiyas in, in all of Kitvei Chazal and in all of Tanakh. And uh, in order to understand it properly, there's so many hakdamas, there's so many preambles that are necessary to fully understand what the Kohen is saying. And I want to introduce four quick ideas. You'll have to trust me that they come from the Talmud and uh, that they're well attested to ideas. And the explosiveness, and I use the word explosive because when I wrote, when I learned this a few months ago, I said, I can't think of a, a more uplifting, I can't think of a more profound way to describe the Jewish nation at this time, the world that we live in. And Rav Tzadok nails it. Rav Tzadok, as he usually does, Rav Tzadok gives expression to thoughts that we might say are almost forbidden to say, unless we have this wide-ranging depth of knowledge and understanding and, and perfect understanding of the words of Chazal and taking them seriously. So the first idea I want to talk about is, might strike you as rather strange if you hadn't heard it before, but there's a Gemara in Mesecha Sanhedrin, and Daf Tzadichasam at Aleph, those are the Dabdin and Sanhedrin that talk about the Eschaton, talk about Mashiach, and that Gemara says, Eim bein David ba el shekulo chayiv that the Mashiach, Ben David, the Mashiach, is going to come in a generation, this is one opinion in the Gemara, it's going to come in, one, in a generation that is totally, chayev, totally guilty, a generation that's steeped in sin, a generation that is distant from God. Now, paradoxically, you may have thought, that's a paradoxical statement, because you may have thought, and I certainly did from an early age, that we all have to do tshuva, right? Just one Shabbos that everybody keeps together, we have to do tshuva, we have to do repentance, we have to return to God in order to receive the reward, uh, quote-unquote, of the Mashiach, of the salvation, of the end of our difficult history. And the Gemara, the statement in the Gemara is radical on its own, and it says that, this opinion says that Mashiach is going to come in a generation that's totally guilty, in a generation that's totally steeped in sin, where there might be a she'eris, there might be a remnant of people who are Shlomei Mune Yisrael, who are still connected to Hashem and His Torah. 
But at the end of the day, the majority of the generation, the majority of Jews are, are going to be more distant than ever from God. And that's the generation that the Messiah, that the Mashiach comes. That's one Ma'amar Chazal. The second Ma'amar Chazal has to do with David HaMelech. You know, the first shir I ever gave in Lincoln Square Synagogue, um, there were two people there. And uh, I don't think I've really progressed that far, probably. Um, but maybe I should, maybe I should take note. Um, we talked about David HaMelech. The Gemara says, Kol HaOmer David Anybody that reads Tanakh simply and sees the whole Masa of David and Bathsheba and uh, what David did and what David arranged for Uriachiti, the erstwhile husband of Bathsheba, so you might come to the conclusion that David HaMelech sinned, and, and gravely so. And David HaMelech himself, when Nasan HaNavi approaches him, David HaMelech himself says to Nasan HaNavi, David HaMelech says, you know, Chatati Hashem. I, I've sinned, and he admits it. But that's from David's perspective. From our perspective, the Gemara says, Kol Omer David that anybody that says David sinned is sorely mistaken. They're mistaken in doing so. And I think the import, the upshot of that statement is that we have very little understanding. Uh, even at the most Tanakh, the Gov Einayim way of learning Tanakh, psychologizing and understanding the personalities and individuals in Tanakh as real human beings, which they were, but we still understand that there's a massive gap between our understanding of the world and their understanding of the world and our understanding of people's actions and the way that uh, is described in Tanakh. So the Gemara says it's not as simple as saying David HaMelech sinned and just getting away with it. But we also know that David HaMelech was Hekim Ola Shel And the Gemara says elsewhere that Am Yisrael only sinned, for example, by the Chayda Egel, by the golden calf. We only sinned in order that the Jewish people, that the Klal should know how to repent. And David HaMelech only sinned, quote-unquote, um, because he was hikim olo sh- hukam olo shotshuva. And he quotes the Pasuk, Asher HaGever Shehukam Ol. The David HaMelech assumed the yoke, assumed the burden of tshuva to teach us tshuva. Certainly uh, something that we tried to bring out in our Shiram on Tehillim, that David HaMelech is a mishorer ha-tshuva. David HaMelech sings the song of distance from God, sings the song of, of, of feeling removed from God's presence. And David HaMelech taught us what it is to, to do tshuva for an individual. Second Ma'amar Chazal. Third Ma'amar Chazal is the Gemara that appears in Yevamos and in Meseches Nida. And this Gemara might strike you again as a little strange. It says that if you can imagine, there's a celestial storehouse of souls. All the souls that were meant to be born in history, that was all, of course, ordained from the very beginning, from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, at the very beginning of the creation of the world. And that we say the Ein Ben David Ba, that, David Amelech, that, that the scion of the house of David HaMelech, the Mashiach, doesn't come, or until the Neshamas come out of God's storehouse, that we start at the head, right? We start with what we call Lador Dea, a generation of knowledge, that's the first generations of Jewish people as a nation received the Torah. And we find ourselves, and this is a concept you may have heard, we find ourselves in the Ikvis of the Mashiach. We find ourselves in the footsteps of the Messiah. Now, this could be the footfall of the Messiah, that faint sound of Geula, the Kol Hator Nishma Ba'artzenu, right? The, the cooing of the dove that will be the harbinger of Geula. But the footfall of the Messiah also is a reference to the celestial body, Kivyachal, the celestial body. And, and we are the generation, the Nishamas, that are at the very end, at the heels of that celestial storehouse of all the souls meant to be born. That, unfortunately, for quite some time now, Jewish thinkers have been looking at our generation as the generation that is right knocking on the door of the geula, of the salvation. 
And the, the fourth one, and maybe the most important one right now, in Kabbalah, so many ideas are juxtaposed and mapped onto one another. So Malchus, the lowest of the spheres, lowest of the emanations of ways that God is expressed in our world and that we relate to God. So the lowest level is called Malchus. Malchus is what we would also call Shechina, God's presence in this world. And our world, as Rav is going to tell us, is no place uh, for Kedusha sometimes, it seems. On the surface, it seems like a world of lies, an Alma de Shikra, a world that's very difficult, uh, very hard for Kedusha to be expressed, for sanctity and holiness to find a place in this world. And we said that, that the Shechina, or Knesset Yisrael, the Shechina is also associated with Ecclesia Israel, the entirety of the Jewish people, of all the souls of the Jewish people. So we say, Knesset Yisrael, Raglea Yordos Maves, that the legs representing Kiviachal, the celestial body, that Malchus goes deep, deep down, Yordos Maves. It's a, it's a Pasuk. It's a Pasuk in Mishlei that the bottom, the bottom emanations of how God is expressed in this world come all the way down into into muck and mire and, and confusion and sadness and suffering of this world. So those are four Ma'amarei Chazal that you need to keep in mind in order to understand this. And um, I think that with this in mind, you can appreciate, we can appreciate just how incredible what Rav Tzadok does over here. So I'm going to bring up the Ma'amar. I'm going to share it with everybody. And uh, I don't know if we'll be able to finish it tonight. Once again, I so apologize for, uh, for wasting people's time. But here is, here's the Torah. Okay, I'm going to read slowly. If you have questions, please, of course, interrupt and ask. And I'm not saying necessarily that my reading, my interpretation is, is the best possible one. But this, is, this Torah did so much for me. And I hope it does something for you. In the generation preceding the Messiah, in the generations at the end of history, the main thing is to take out precious things from the muck and the mire, from the trash. That's our job. The uh, Arizal actually writes in Likute Torah that the word yakar, yakar, preciousness, um, beauty. Yakar is also the same letters as keri. Keri is happenstance. Keri is a shame near tough. Keri is synonymous for tuma, for impurity. God tells us in the Tochachav, Allah Dimchem Keri, the Rambam writes that that's the worst curse possible, that God is going to deal with us not in a reciprocal kind of way, not in an involved kind of way, chas v'shalom, but in a happenstance, Bederach Mikra, which is also a, a cognate of this word, Keri. So Yakar is the opposite. We have to take the Yakar from the Keri. We have to take that which is precious from the happenstance and the capriciousness of this world. And it's specifically, it's specifically from the place of sin and failing and, and struggle and tuma, impurity, all these terrible things. It's from there. It's specifically from there. Now you might know that in our shul from the Tefillah L'Shlom HaMedina, but it's also a Pasuk in Devarim, and the Pasuk in Devarim says, Again, this is part of the difficulty. You have to know, first of all, that this is a Pasuk that Rav Tzadok is quoting here. He's saying, Misham, from that place, from that location of darkness, that's where God takes you from, from the world of sin, 
from the alma de shikra, from the world of lies, from the impurity, that's where God takes us from. That's where salvation emanates from. Already in the opening salvo of this, of this piska, and, and again, we see that Rav Tzadok sort of signals what he's going to be doing in the rest of it. Rav Tzadok signals over here this idea, this, which is ostensibly a classic idea in Luriana Kabbalah, in Hasidus, that our job is to be collectors. Our job is to seek out sparks of holiness and to elevate them and to be able to take moments in this world and to bring that up to God and to say, this too is holy. This too, this struggle and this darkness, this too, I find holiness in here also. But on a larger world scale, that's where God takes the Jewish people from. That's where our geula comes from. And this happens, daika al tshuva. And this process is completed when we do tshuva. And tshuva, in this case, necessitates a presence, an a priori presence of sin, of failing, of suffering. That's where tshuva comes from. As we said in Sanhedrin, here's the first Ma'amar Chazal that I mentioned. Now we can understand what it means when Chazal tell us that David HaMelech's Mashiach, the Mashiach that comes from base David HaMelech, comes to a generation that's all guilty. And you're not doing Ritzaduk justice, I think, if when you read these words, you merely intellectualize and you think, okay, this is a nice idea, and you don't think that this is talking about us, that this is talking about, I mean, just look around. When Jews are far from observance, when Jews are far from Kiddusha, when the world is far from Kiddusha and does everything it can to take us away, that's the generation of the Mashiach. That's the generation that will witness the Geula and be the harbingers of redemption. Alan, one second. This kind of a soul, meaning our souls, we're the lot, we're the portion of the Mashiach, we're the people that Mashiach is going to take. Dafka, daika, because we're the ones that will be doing tshuva, we're the ones that are going to be rising out of the ashes of a broken, shattered, and, 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 and world steeped in sin. And David HaMelech, of course, was the one who started this process. Of course, Mashiach comes from David, and we're going to see Mashiach has even more sordid beginnings than, than anything approximating Noam's Miros Yisrael. And that Mashiach comes from this place. Redemption comes from this place. I'll pause here. Alan, you had a question. Yeah, does he at uh, all draw upon uh, the idea of the original Geula, which wasn't a Geula Shlema, obviously, when uh, Am Yisrael had sunk into the 49th level of Tuma, and then Moshe Rabbeinu came as if a, a Mashiach, the people, even then, weren't worthy of redemption, but they did tshuva in that they took the took the uh, uh, the Korban Pesach, they kept it outside for however long it was they kept it, they slaughtered it in front of the Egyptians, and they ate it, and so that was their way of showing that, in fact, they were coming back to Kodesh Baruch Hu, that was the tshuva, and so is, does anything he do a model modeled on that? So certainly Rav Tzadok does. So, so of course, Alan, the idea that you're citing is, of course, a template. We know from the Navi that our Geula, we say this in Davni, I think it's the Navi Michal that says, Like the days that I took you out of Egypt, I shall show you in the future wondrous things, referring to the final Geula. 
And certainly what you're, what you're talking about, the folding of Jewish history, the parallelism in Jewish history is certainly true. He's not going to mention this Pisgah, and I don't know enough for Tzadok to say that it is explicitly mentioned elsewhere. Uh, what I do know is that um, you could buy from Tivuna Publishers, they put out a Haggadah of Rav Tzadok HaKohen on Pesach, a holiday. Of course, Rav Tzadok was very involved. I think much of Rav Tzadok's thought can be said to be focused on the Ma'agala Shana, on the Jewish holidays. And I, I saw a beautiful essay that Rav Yishayo Hadari, um, one of my Roshi Yeshiva, Rav Yishayo Hadari says that, um, not the first time we're going to mention him tonight in the future, he says that perhaps obvi- obviously the reason holidays take such an important place in Rav Tzadok's thought, maybe I'll just see everybody. The reason holidays took such an important place in Rav Tzadok's thought is true for a logical historical reason, because that's the time that Hasidim would travel to be together with their rabbi, and that's, the, and, and that's when the rabbi would say Torah. Rav Hadari says that there's a more pnimi, there's a, there's a more inner level here, and the inner level is that Rav Tzadok, who we've described as being very conscious, one of his very first chiburim was a, a kind of updated version of of uh, rabbinic history, like an updated Doros Harishonim, that Rav Tzadok was constantly involved in tracing the intellectual development of the Jewish people, how our development was in relation to the places and the people that we found ourselves amidst, and that Rav Tzadok might see, in the words of Rav Hadari, Rav Tzadok might see in the Ma'agala Shana, in the progression of the holidays, a microcosm of Jewish history as well, meaning that itself is a, a micro-history, um, and and in, in the sense that you're mentioning it over here, Pesach, as being a model for all future Geula, I think is, is, is very good. What you're doing is, is a very uh, Tzadokian idea in saying, look at the Jewish people in Mitzrayim. By the way, it wasn't just because, I think a Hasidic perspective, it wasn't just because we did the mitzvah Karban Pesach, although that certainly uh, made, gave an answer, a Pischon Peh, to the accusation of the Malachim. The Malachim did not want the Jewish people uh, to receive redemption because they said, They're all idolaters. Why take one out of the other? We show that there is a difference. We're making a bris. We have a covenant. But on a deeper level, it also says that the reason that God heard us is that God listened to our tzaaka. God listened to, we didn't know even how to call out for God to save us, but God listened to our, our cries and that essential Jewish cry for a generation that was lost, uh, that itself was activated the Geula. I think mapping that onto our generation is very simple. I said to my brother, I don't know how, um, how fair it is to say this, but I think every, every Jewish person, no matter how far, or no matter how much we struggle with our faith or with our Kiyom HaMitzvahs nowadays, we're, we still have people alive who survived the Holocaust. Right? We still have people alive who survived the greatest cataclysm since the destruction of the temples. The very fact that we're learning Torah right now is, is nothing short of a, a historical miracle. Is nothing short. I mean, if there's any generation that deserves a geula, if there's any generation that deserves Kadosh Baruch Hu to, to redeem them and to say, I would say that it would be ours. The fact that many Holocaust survivors, people that kept their faith afterwards, didn't get to witness that Geula, I think is, um, I think is a fact that's almost as hard as the fact of, uh, of, of, of the destruction of the Chorban itself, right? You would think that this would be it. I, I'm getting so far afield. I told, I told this story. I told this story in Sokis a few years ago 
uh, if you'll permit me, I know that I'm, I don't, I know that I delayed and I, and I want to be very, very conscious of people's time, especially if you're wasting it listening to me. So uh, obviously I'll, I'll, I'll do a full 45 minutes, but I know that our hard stop was officially 845, but I do want to get back to this mommer. But, um, but talk about our generation. You know, my Saba told my father, my father was with my Saba one time in Shul in Denver and they were doing a kafas with, um, my dad said to my my grandfather, my Saba, he said, you know, dad, what was uh, what was Sukkot like in Auschwitz? So my Saba said, we had arranged together to have a hut in the back of one of the mess halls of the German officers. And uh, we made this uh, made this hut and we had saved up bread and we made a leishiv basukkah in this little hut on the outside. Just like a story that my Saba would have probably never said if my dad hadn't asked him. And my Saba said he was there and uh, he was there with one of the Dayanim from a nearby town. I forgot the, the, the town it was, a, a town that was nearby to Chust. And, uh, and he looked at my Saba and he said, he said they were certain that at this moment behind the mess hall in Auschwitz, making a leishev basoka b'mekayim mitzvahs, they were certain that Mashiach would come that that Mashiach would, would, would waltz through Auschwitz, that that's, that's where Mashiach would come. So my father asked my Sava, he said, and Mashiach didn't come. He said, so what did you do then? So my Sava said, we started saving our potatoes in order to, in order to have something to light for Hanukkah. So that's a, that's a sense of microcosm also of Jewish history. Right? But we think about our generation, when we think about, when we think about the struggles that we've been through, and also when we've seen the, the miracles that we've been through. I think that, that this idea is brought to the fore. So we continue on. We say, kaze, a soul from this place, right? A soul from, from this generation, who Mashiach. That is the lot. That is the portion. Those are the people of the Mashiach. David HaMelech too is called the person who, who raised the yoke, who assumed the yoke of teaching tshuva to people. And this, Rav Tzadok says, is associated with the idea, ki adua, as is known, diknesis Yisrael, which is the Shechina, which is Malchus, the Jewish people, right? God's representation in this world, kivyachol, ragle yardos v'chule. Again, another issue that we see in the understanding of Rav Tzadok. Just a quick idea, is followed, is, is cut off, and Ritzadok assumes you know this. So that's why you really need to learn it, as I do with a, a parish, in order to understand, because I don't know the full import of this Mamar Chazal, of this Zohar. The Zohar Kaddish tells us, the Zohar says, he writes over here from the Masok Midvash, what does that mean? He says, Kedusha, death can't touch holiness, Right? Falsehood can't really touch truth. It doesn't hold the candle to the truth. And yet, at the lowest levels and at the final levels of the chain in which God manifests in this world, so it happens to end up in places, its legs go down. It's like we're standing in the mud and our feet are buried. We can't even see it. And we know, like I told you from the Mamar Chazal, our souls, our generation at the tail end of Jewish history, our souls come from, from the very bottom, from the lowest rungs possible. 
V'sham tigboris harav hayetzer. And we feel in our generation the strongest pull and the bluntest forces of the evil inclination, of evil. We faced it. V'lechein dor shal nefashos ke'ela daika yisku l'mashiach. It is a generation like this. It is our generation that will specifically merit to see the Messiah. Kemosha Amru Rabbo Zal, as our rabbis told us, Tov Ma'od, Zuyetzahara. In the creational world, when God said Tov, so Tov is referring to death, Tov Ma'od is Yetzahara. Really good, so that's the evil inclination. What that means is, is that the evil inclination, although it seems to be our adversary, although it seems to be the thing that works against us, it seems to be the thing that drags us down, that we struggle with so much. In Rav Tzadok's understanding, based on these four Mamari Chazal, these two Tzukim, and this one Zohar already, and we've learned, by the way, one, two, three, four, five, six lines, six lines, and we have all of those rabbinic sources, based on how Rav Tzadok marshals those sources, he tells us that Adirabha, our generation is the one that will see the Messiah, the lowest ones, right? The extremes meet. The extremes meet, the extremes of Tumah, the extremes of Ragla Yodas Mavas meets the extremes of salvation, of Gilu Yalakus, of revelation of godliness. Now I want to pause here for a second. And I and I I wrote at the beginning, I wrote at the beginning in my notes over here, right? That I'll show you. If you could see the very front of it in my notes, what I wrote over there in the purple pen was it's going to be very hard to not talk about Marana of Cook here. And I want to quote to you something from Rav Cook. Rav Cook wrote a collection of essays that were later dedicated to his father-in-law, the Aderes, and it's called Sefer Eidra Yakar. And, and this isn't Josh Rosenfeld talking. Um, Rav Hadari wrote a, a book called, called Ben Shnei Kohanim Gdolim, between two great Kohanim. And he talked about the relationship between Rav Tzadok and Rav Avram Yitzchak Kakoin Cook who we've also had the opportunity, Baruch Hashem, to talk about. And then there's another Sefer. It's so good to be at home, because I have all my... It's actually not good to be at home, but I miss being in shul and learning with, 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 with people. But then another rabbi, another rabbi, wrote a book called Avas Tzedek, right? Chaim Hirsch, Avas Tzedek. And if you see the, the title over here, it says, Hasanigoria al Yisrael, the Godel Ma'alasam, a defense of the Jewish people being matzdik, the Jewish people. Sanigori is standing in the breach and, and singing the praises of the Jewish people when there's accusations. The Golda Ma'alasim and their greatness, So there is indeed, I'm not the first person, not by a long shot, to point out the affinities. But in this collection of essays called Eder Ayakar from Rav Kook, presented to, in memory of his father-in-law, so Rav Kook wrote something called Ma'amar Hador, Ma'amar Hador. And in Ma'amar Hador, Rav Kook writes, and I'm not going to do too much inside, right? But in Ma'amar Hador, Rav Kook says, says, um, says the most beautiful words. He talks about our generation or what he was talking about, his generation. And in his generation, he says that it's a door that's kulo ra, umushchat. It's a door that's all bad. And on the other hand, it's all light and it's all good that our generation is a generation of opposites. Our generation is a generation of paradox. On one hand, we find many sinners. 
On one hand, we find a distance from God, and on the other hand, we see such light, we see such beauty, we see such potential. And Rav Tzadok and Rav Kook identified this and spoke about it. Now, I want to talk about one other thing that Rav Tzadok is militating against over here. In classic Jewish thought, so we deal with the concept called Yeridas Hadoros. Yeridas Hadoros means that the further away that we get, and this is basically standard hashkafa for many people. Yeridas Hadoros means that the further away that we get from Matam Torah, the further away we get from Revelation at Sinai, the more distant we get from God. And that's true. But it also means that there's a notion of us, of us not ever being able to hold a candle to earlier generations, that we're just scraping by, that we have no, that we have nothing, no legs to stand on. And, 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 that, and that we really were ants compared to them. And in certain respects we are. Those generations were great. They had Ruach HaKodesh, they had Nevuah. But Rav Tzadok writes in a censored keta, in Piska Kuf Beis, Rav Tzadok writes that actually that's only one side of the coin. Rav Tzadok says that even though we might be subscribing to an idea of Yeridas Adoros, that the more that the generations continue, the further away we get from God and the smaller we get and the more spiritually impoverished we are. He says, on the other hand, there's a greatness that comes with that also. All of our work, all of our learning, all of our chesed, all of our amuna that comes at this time is worth so much, is worth, is worth, is worth its weight in gold because it comes together with such opposition to Kiddusha, with such counterforces, counterweights. And that generation, Ritzadok, is turning that idea on its head and saying that Yerida Sadoros is itself the reason for the Geula of the final generation, the Geula of the Ikvisa de Meshicha, of the redemption. I want to quote to you very quickly from something Rav Tzadok says in a sefer he wrote called Poke Rakarim. Rav Tzadok writes, The souls of Israel which come from this lowest sphere of Malchus, we come down to this world of physical action and materiality. In our world that is called the world of lives. That's no place for a soul. I think of the A.B. Rottenberg song. A soul doesn't want to come down here. A soul cries. Dear Malachal, no, don't send me down there. And we come down to the place where death reigns. This is a world that is filled with desires. We have every reason not to believe. We have every reason to not continue and to forge forward in Spadafka because we can, because of that She'er Semuna, that little remnant of faith that stands with us. That's why our generation is so wondrous. I think that it's, yes, Professor Weinberg. Uh, the question about the Redacta Dorot, I thought that it meant um, a decline in knowledge, and that was the rationale for writing down the Torah Shabbat Peh. So the, the rationale for writing down the Torah So indeed, you're right, Professor Weinberg, that Yerida Sadoros is, is maybe primarily understood or primarily meant to be understood in a, uh, in a minimization. I'm just going to mute for a second so there's no feedback. It, it might be primarily understood in the fact that there's minimization of knowledge, right? We, we can't really argue on the Gemara anymore and we know that Achronim can't argue on Rishonim unless maybe like you're the Gra or something and that, you know, unless you're Rav... 
um, you know, if you're an Amora, Rav Tanu Palig, right? Unless you're an Amora, you can't argue on a Tana, and then you can't argue on the previous generations. And there's this, uh, I mean, that, I think that that's where halachic hesitancy, um, the ability to be mechadesh, to introduce novel ideas, at least in halacha, is, is, is something that people are very hesitant about because of the diminishing of knowledge. Now, that's true. That's true. Although, even for that, I think... Um, I think it's Tosas Harid that says, and, and this is an idea that's mentioned in many places, we're like dwarves standing on the shoulders of giants, right? We have all of the wisdom that came before us. Yeridas Hadoros, though, has, has sort of become metonymically understood for a diminishing not just of knowledge and of Torah abilities, but of everything, a complete spiritual diminishing. And what Ritzadik is saying is that that's actually turned on its head. It's not that we're diminished, it's that we're, we're handicapped. We're handicapped by the distance that we have from Matam Torah, the distance that we have from the Beis HaMikdash, the distance that we have from Nevi'eh Yisrael. But that handicap is, turns into our greatest strength. It turns into our greatest, uh, the, the potential we have for greatness. And this goes back to the first idea that we talked about of the fact that we are the ones who can truly do tshuva. We're not the first generation that's done tshuva. Uh, we talked about in our shirim on, on Yirmiyah, we talked about the generation of Chizkiyahu HaMelech. The Chizkiyahu HaMelech, because his generation was also steeped in sin, they came very close to it. And the Gemara tells us that Chizkiyahu HaMelech was supposed to be the Mashiach. That he was going to be the Mashiach. And it didn't pan out. So we're not the first generation to experience this, but, but we're the ones to experience it, I think, in its most intense way. That distance, that exile in its most intense way. But that also brings us closer. That also brings us to a, a place where Geula is more tangible because we can do that, that full tshuva. We can do that full, we can be the ones to merit that full redemption. I mean, look around at the Jewish world around us and you see what Rav Kook terms or v'choshech m'sham shim Light and darkness constantly intermixed. It's not supposed to be like that. It's supposed to be only light. It's supposed to be an easy thing to see the light and it's not. And it's very difficult. So this idea is such a redemptive idea. I mean, this idea itself is redemption. That specifically, whether it's on an individual level when a person is looking for their individual redemption by coming back from sin and being able to do tshuva, or whether it's a person thinking about national redemption, that from sin, from people in Mechalalei Shabbos B'farhesya, from people that deny Torah Shabal Per, or might even deny Torah Menash Shamayim, that's B'davka them, that are going to be the ones who drain the swamps. That's Badafka us who, who, who have Jews who had to fight to be able to have the right to you know, keep a job and, and keep Shabbos at the same time and to live in a country which is so material and a world that's so materialistic where, where the almighty dollar is, is God. And for that generation to go and to make, and I don't mean to be crass, I don't mean to be... Um, I don't mean to be cliche, but for a generation like that to do stuff like Dafyomi, to have shoals in major cities, to continue Jewish education, to perform mitzvahs, to chesed. I mean, when you look at it this way, I think then, then so many of, of, of the failings that we might look at in the Jewish people, so many of the things that you could gesture, that's wrong, right? They're wrong. They don't get it. They don't understand the Torah. So many of those things can be seen in a new, in a new light. We're trying we're trying, one second, Sandy. We're trying really hard. And anything right now, ma'at is also tov. In the words of Shir Hashim, shcheira Right? We, we're, we're blackened with the soot of the ashes of suffering. 
We're bruised and battered, but we're so beautiful. We're so special. Our generation is so wonderful. I mean, it's wondrous. And it's Badafka generation that light and darkness are so intermixed that can do the work of, of elevating and finding that light because we're so intimate with the darkness as well. Yes, Sandy. You have to unmute yourself. I'm a little bit confused if I know if I missed something. How does Tov Ma'od get translated to death and Yitzer Hara? So it's not it's not a it's like it's not a translation. It's not a translation, it's a drash, right? It comes from Bereshis Rabbah, a famous statement in Bereshis Rabbah, I believe it's Rabbi Meir. And our rabbi said, Vayar lukim is kolasher asavihine tov me'od. Right? Pasuk Bereshis, Parak Aleph, Pasuk Lamed Aleph. So it says that's Yetzirah. Meaning that when God created the world and said it's good, so good was understood, tov is death, is maves. That, 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 so what that means is that our life, not to get really heavy on you, but our life is only meaning, the meaning of life is that we die. The meaning of life is that it's finite, that we have a limited amount of time to do our work here. And Tov Ma'od, the way that we do that work, the way that that work is meaningful, so now you can maybe complete the statement, is because we have Sahara, is because we're dragged down. And it's really good in a generation which encounters a world that's kulo yetzer, that's raglayor dos maves. That's, that's, right, when I said explosive, right, when I said radical, and I hate to reduce Rav Tzadok to those terms because Rav Tzadok's not saying this to titillate, Rav Tzadok's not saying this to entertain us and to be like, oh, here's a paradoxical idea. Rav Tzadok is telling us this because it's true, because this is how we should think, this is how we should... If you subscribe to this, of course, right? This is how we should look at the world with all of its implications. As somebody pointed out, and this is kind of the elephant in the room, somebody pointed out that Sadduk was alive to see the, the beginnings of political Zionism. Right? Sadduk was alive to see Herzl publish their Judenstadt. Sadduk was alive to see the first Aliyot, the first secular building of the land of Israel. He never explicitly mentions it, of course, he never talks about Rav Kook did that. And Rav Kook, you know, that's how Rav Kook rode his way out of most Batei Medrash. That's Rav Kook rode his way out of Rav for many people. A tragedy in its own right. Rav Tzadok himself is, is considered some, even when Rav Tzadok is quoted, you know, Rav Hutner, who draws tremendously out the works of Rav Tzadok, Rav Hutner in general doesn't quote by name, you know, later Tzadikim, they mentioned from, but Rav Dessler, Rav Dessler does quote a few times, of Gedal Yeshur, people have brought the Torah of Hasidus to America. So Rav Tzadok will only be mentioned in an ancillary way or quoted. Rav Tzadok is not standard fare in the base Medrash. Rav Tzadok is not standard course of study. And I think part of it is because the immediate association, I guess it's fair, is with these kinds of ideas, is with taking these statements of Chazal. Again, we've done six lines and we've seen already basically six seven different sources, cross Zohar, Psukim, um, and, and Mamari Chazal in, in Midrash and, and, and Talmud. But Tzadok takes these statements seriously and brings them to their, takes them to their logical conclusion. So when I, when I showed you over here, saying, did that, did that make sense? Did I, do I make, was, was that clear? Okay, right? So that's Tov mode, right? So when we, we got over here, we got to this point, Yetzirah, 
right? Tov Ma'od Zayet Sahara. I would say that we can mark that as the end of the first half of this, of, of this Torah, at the end of the first half of this particular Keta. And I think that perhaps we have enough to satisfy us for this evening. And Mir uh, next week, and I don't, think, I don't think necessarily we have a time limit. We can learn with Sadduk for the next 10 years, Mir Tzashem. Right, we'll be together for a long time. Mir Tzashem, we're going to finish it off next week, and we're going to show how Rav Sadduk substantiates this idea, and how Rav Sadduk sees all of this idea in factoring into the notion of shleimus, of completion, that all of this is part of a process. Mashiach comes really when the world is complete, when there's true shalom. And maybe I'll finish off by quoting you one thing from, from Rav Kook about Shalom, just again drawing upon the affinities between Rav Tzadok and Rav Kook. And we'll finish off with this. So in Rav Hadari's essay, he quotes from Rav Kook's commentary on the Siddur called Olas Raya. And Rav Kook writes on the word Shalom, which is associated with Shlemus, peace, completion. Ha-Shalom Ha-Amiti, true peace, or we would say for our purposes of this Torah, true Shlemus, true, true perfection. True completion. It can't come until you've seen all sides, good and bad. That place, that's the place. Rav Kook says, Hashalom Ha'amiti. True peace, and again, for our purposes, true shleimus. Till you see all sides, until you see all facets of Hashem's creation, even the bad ones, even makomus hatoma. And you understand that in Hashem's world, all of these things have their place. Yitzhara is tov mode, death is tov. All them according to their own value their own spiritual import, and their own role in the process of bringing us all closer to Geula. May we truly be the generation, may we truly be ge- the generation that Rav Tzadok and Rav Kook are talking about. And Amir Tzashem, we're going to uh, finish this gorgeous, gorgeous mamar. I mean, Torah at its most beautiful um, next week, Be'ezus Hashem. Thank you all so much.